Retro Rebel Gamecast is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to TemplesofGeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy. I have not had coffee, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I've had breakfast. Today's a mad dash. Uh... But uh, but how are things? How are things? How are you? Yeah, listen, we're just we're just chucking on, chucking on through life, doing doing our best in this big crazy world. <laughs> Man, it is what a what a what a time to be alive, and you take that however you'd like. Um, right. <laughs> it's funny because uh, you know I I've been doing some thinking about 2020, and uh, I think Man. even though it's been a humdinger of a year. There is an opportunity for like some positive stuff to come out of all of this, you know, from My the only virus stuff all positive, the way through. So. Yeah, so I think, you know, if we just focus on that, change often brings improvement, and just just keep trucking along, we'll make it right. through to this year, hopefully. <laughs> Although I have been seeing right. those memes talking about uh, it being the apocalypse, and sometimes I have to say, it is hard not <laughs> it's to. It's hard not yeah. to agree. So we'll try to be positive today, uh, or at least we won't have to reference many uh, public or, or uh, many, many current events. That's uh, that we'll leave that to the news for now and give you a chance to escape. So, and just talk about games. For oh, you know what? I say that, and then Jesus, the games that I'm playing, man. I don't know if I could have picked worse games than I did. All right, what are you playing? What are you playing? Okay, so I'm playing. Okay, I went on Steam and I and I bought this. It's called the Mystery Pack, I believe. It was two games. Uh, it was fifteen dollars. It wasn't wasn't bad. I didn't save much. I think I saved like three dollars or two or three dollars. But nonetheless, they weren't expensive games. They're indie games. Um, and and right now, that's kind of my speed for what I'm. I have time to play. I thought. Um, but uh, okay, so the first one is uh, called Orwell, which is ominous already. If you just by name alone. Um, it's very much in that ilk or the the idea of, of George Orwell, 1984, Big Brother, Eye in the Sky. So basically, you are, it's a game about, you have a job where you use technology basically to, uh, to sort out details of events captured on closed caption TV, and then you have to match all the facts and solve crimes. Now, I'm going to put crimes in quotes, and it'll be in quotes in the notes as well. Because you you basically do facial recognition software matching. You are supposed to. You're su- the very first crime is this um, bombing that takes place, and you are trying to match all these people. Once you match a person, then you create this web of people that they know. You're trying to you're trying to infer innocence or guilt based on this profile I can create. From your digital footprint. I feel like I'm working for the government. Like, I feel like this is not an, uh, an inherently, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, benign uh, or, or, you know, I don't feel like I'm the good guy is what I'm saying, basically. No matter what they tell you in the, in You're your the introduction. Man. Yeah, I am the man and, and, and uh, I don't like it at all. Uh, I do like the game. The game has been interesting. The user interface is not all that... Um, it, it's not as intuitive, uh, like what exactly it is that you're supposed to do. Um, but you basically, you, you read articles, you click and drag details to put them into a profile. As you do that, it creates this profile for this person. And then from there, it's kind of out of your hands. So it's like, I didn't do anything. I just created this profile. Then the police went and arrested him. That's not my fault. Right? It, and that's, I realize that that sounds like something that's really happening in real life and probably is, but that's the game. Just throwing it out there. That's what 
that's what the game is. That's Orwell. Came out in 2016. Um, and it's gotten really good reviews on Steam, which, you know, the aggregate, uh, I think you can take something from that. And so it, I've enjoyed it for what it is. But I definitely felt a little bit too on the nose with the game, uh, considering all things current, uh, foreign and domestic. Um, and then the next one I played, which is the next one I played I liked a lot better, I think because it's not quite as on the nose. Um, and it's, it's just kind of novel in what it is that you're able to do. It's called Unheard. Hi, baby. Aww. <laughs> she, you said unheard, but then we heard a voice. You did. There was. It was not unheard. So cute. I didn't know that. You are Vivi Bo. I can't wait to welcome our newest Retro Rebel host. <laughs> Absolutely. She wants to host bad. She's got on a headlamp right now. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, and a diaper. And she's 14. I'm just <laughs> No. Well, oh, come uh, on. <laughs> she's, she definitely wants to help. I hope she doesn't hurt herself. Okay, we're going to try to keep going. Um, Unheard. So Unheard is the, the next game, and it's it came out last year. So I wish it was current. I wish it was like a 2020 game, and then I feel like I would have, I have been playing, you know, current 2020 games. Um, but uh, nonetheless, this game is another indie game, another indie title that you listen to police recordings. And so your, your, your game screen is you in this room. And basically, I'm listening to whoever is talking in this room, and I have to use clues that they say to identify the people in the room and then also identify the details of the crime. And so a lot of times, a lot of times you'll think that you've got it figured out and then you have to go to another room and listen to whatever's happening in that room so you can replay the tape and the and the tape is recording everything that's in the entire everything that's in the entire uh the on the screen so maybe I'm in this one office in the police office where these two interrogators are talking to a a criminal or to a suspect. I was about to well, say, you better say suspect. It's innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, that, that was a Freudian slip. Um, and so I, I, then I move from there to another room, and I can follow the characters as they go to the next room. And it's a, it's a bird's eye view, so it's not like you're seeing people necessarily. It's just a circle. And it, the circle like uh, reverberates when, it's, when someone's speaking. And so you can click on who that is, and then I can start identifying people. So there's a list of names over in the top right corner. I just click on those, and then, um, you know, then I've, I've matched everybody. Then from there, I can start to piece together all the details of the crime. I can play the tape as many times as I want to. I can go in different rooms while the tape is playing, and other things are happening, and other people are speaking, and the whole thing is, is it's, it's what you hear. You didn't get to see anything. I'm just listening to the tapes of the crime and of different people. Even, I can even listen to converse, phone conversations people are having with other people. So if you don't wait in the room long enough, sometimes the, the, the investigators will leave the room and whoever the suspect is will be sitting there. And then once they leave the room, generally you'll leave the room. But if you stay in there, sometimes they'll get up and they'll make a phone call or something, and you'll get more details to to whatever the crime is. And so, it was it's it's been pretty fun. Uh, it's it's definitely has been more enjoyable than the other one. I was like, man, this is too much like real life. I don't know. I, I liked both the games though, and for six bucks, I think was Orwell was six bucks, and Unheard was nine dollars, I think, or something like that. In the bundle, I think it cost me $14. So I got two or two and a half dollars off or something like that right now. If you're in the U.S., I think that was the bundle. So uh, anyway, it's it, they've been enjoyable. I've liked both of them. I'd recommend if that's your type of game. Uh, but just understand Orwell, four-year-old game that's way too on the nose right now. And uh, unheard. Uh, in my impression, I would I would definitely recommend giving it a try. If you like mysteries, if you like solving, uh, you know, solving puzzles or crimes, because uh, that's basically what it is. It is a a a 
a puzzler, uh, you know, crime solving type game where you basically just use the auditory portion or, or uh, a recorded conversation to solve a crime. So it's pretty cool. That's kind of unusual. Different. Yeah. Yeah, it's unusual. It's different for sure. Yeah, that's cool. I could probably get into that. I mean, I uh, I think I'm doing a Stacy this week because I've been playing the same game as last week. We're still playing Warzone, um, and and I'm getting much better at it. I uh, finished a battle royale with I think five or six kills uh, the other day, which is really quite good for me. I mean, it, it's rare that I end on a donut. I'll usually get a kill or two, and most of it is like you know, more stealthy than it is balls to the wall in, in Battle Royale. So it's nice to see that I'm improving and I enjoy the, the game format quite a bit. I think there's a lot of added value over something like Fortnite. If you're not really good at the building side of Fortnite and you don't really think terribly three-dimensionally, I think Fortnite can be quite a bit harder. Um, Whereas Call of Duty, it's a little bit more realistic, so you're not expecting people to, like, have built a fortress and be, like, sniping you from outside of places that you can see and things like that. So, I don't know, it's it's sort of hard to explain what I really like about Warzone. I think the contracts add another element, so you can be getting experience within the match for doing PvE sort of actions uh, by just going to certain locations and... Um, completing contracts and getting money so that you can get buy a loadout and have better guns or buy a gas mask and survive you know in the gas when it closes for a minute or two I think it keeps you moving so you have reasons to go around the map which I think is good so there even though there is some camping and sometimes you'll walk into a building and, and a dude is just sitting there waiting to shoot you which sort of sucks um, but that seems to be a bit more rare, and it makes the firefighting more interesting. The one thing I would say is it does seem a little bit unbalanced in favor of the high ground. So whoever is on the biggest, tallest building... If you've never seen Star Wars, then this would not... I mean, obviously it's that over would be you didn't I know. have the high ground. <laughs> it was mean yeah. for a reason. <laughs> Well, I think it holds true insofar as Warzone is concerned because if if you are if you spend a lot of time early on in the game when there isn't much direct conflict and you get yourself a good sniper rifle, a decent close range rifle, you have you're in a team ideally, so there you know there's a couple people to like watch your back and stuff like that. Then if you're on the tallest building and you're within the storm, then you don't and I say storm that's a Fortnite term when you're inside the circle of gas. Um, you really don't have to move. If you've got like a munitions drop and stuff like that that you can use and you won't run out of ammo and you're a handy shot, you really don't have to move after that point. You can just snipe entire teams dead as people like run in from the circle. So that's sort of a downside. I feel like later in the game, it's a sniper's game. But early in the game, it's sort of anybody's game because everyone's running around trying to like collect money. So that's sort of the part of the game that I find a bit more. I think the I think the highest I've ever finished is eighth place, um, and that's only because aside from playing Warzone the last like week and a half, two weeks, I haven't played a Call of Duty game in a long time. So I'm I'm really quite rusty, and I never played the Call of Duty multiplayer really because it's just too hectic for me. I find it stressful. Um, but the battle royale is quite good. So people that like Fortnite but want a bit more realism, I think that could be for you. Although it definitely doesn't sound as much fun as whatever was just going on there, because that sounded like a good day <laughs> being had. <laughs> so, um, if you like, we can move forward to gaming news. I've got a couple pieces yes, of gaming news. Sorry, yeah, I'm back. I, I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. There was fun times to... being had in there. Like, listen. fun times are still being had. There's no doubt, it, and it will continue to be had. So that's um, fine. In fact, that's I was fine. talking, and I thought I was talking to you, but I must have muted myself. <laughs> it's fine. Um, 
Ooh, <laughs> she's so cute. Um, so gaming news, shall I start? And uh, I'll try to finish on a high note so there's nothing too depressing to finish on. Well, I have I have a high note one uh, we could finish on if you want to. In fact, I think it's probably best because it has nothing really to do with any kind of... It's It's barely newsworthy, but it is in the news, and it just has to do with the oldest uh, gaming YouTuber in, in Guinness World Book of Records okay. uh, history ever. Okay. So. All right. Let's finish with the oldest gaming YouTuber. Okay. So the first one that I have is uh, topical. Of course, if uh, anyone's been hiding under a rock, you know that pretty much all the major game publishers um, and game studios have delayed their various events in light of the political situations happening around the world. Um, so that includes the debut of the PlayStation 5, the Call of Duty events. Um, there have been a couple new releases from EA that have been delayed. Um, press releases have been delayed. Webinars and stuff have been delayed. So um, just you know, guys, play what you're playing right now, and, you know, when this is all sorted and we're out the other side, then we can expect lots of gaming stuff to happen all at once, which, you know, is fine by me. I'm not opposed. Right. Um, the next one is that the UK is currently looking at doing a Belgium and classing loot boxes as gambling to protect children. So they're currently calling for evidence against FIFA and other games that include loot boxes in order to legislate and regulate against them in the UK, much like Belgium has done. So that I think that's a good, powerful step in the right direction. Um, I think, you know, it was nice that uh, Belgium went first and... Um, I think the rest of Europe probably will start to follow suit, and it's good because kids won't be chasing something that is essentially relatively unattainable and spending loads of money doing it. I think microtransactions were quote-unquote fine when you knew what you were getting, but I, I agree with the general consensus that it's it's not good to be chasing something that you want and spending an unknown amount of money to get it. That's just misleading advertising practices, in my opinion. So right. I'm glad to see that oh, they're yeah. doing something. And they're, then, yeah, going. Yeah, this is going the the right direction. Yeah. So sure. it'll it'll be a while before they actually do make a decision, but at least they're looking at it seriously in government over here. Um, and I think the U.S. government should look at it as well. Like you know, I think I think we need to take a stand if if we don't want this sort of thing to continue. So it's good that the UK is doing that. And then the last one is, and I thought it was quite funny, is that Sega teased a mega reveal, quote unquote, a huge scoop for their 60th anniversary. And it turns out that it's just a cloud gaming arcade service that's like really obscure. And everyone was just like, what? <laughs> and it essentially just <laughs> enables people to play some unusual, like, not very well-known Japanese arcade games from their home, which sort of defeats the purpose of arcades, which are still quite popular uh, in Asia, as I understand. Um, so now you can play these sort of obscure titles from your home and not socialize with anyone. I don't, I don't know, but generally the feeling in the media and gaming community was that is not a huge scoop. Like, uh, right? They it sort of met with lackluster results. So if you're yeah. wondering what Sega had to say for their 60th anniversary, here's this tiny cloud gaming service of games that you're probably not familiar with. Enjoy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Bless them. Bless them. Hit the lever. Gaming. <laughs> Sega fog gaming. I'd never even heard of it. I mean, I'm certain that it's, like, the platform that arcade games run off of and they've just, like, brought it to the cloud, you know. But to me, and I think this is probably because in Western society, maybe we're not aware of all the avenues that Sega is involved in, but, like, Sega is, like, classic video games, like, console games, and so you would expect for a 60th anniversary or something that they would like revive, remaster, relaunch, or launch a new classic type. That seems like a Sega thing to do, but this sort of seems a bit weird. And apparently people sort of knew about this service before as well, so it's, it wasn't even that big of a surprise. 
Um, yeah, sort of a weird, weird bunch of hype for something that people were like, all right, cool. And it's kind of <laughs> like, meh, yeah. Meh. <laughs> so wow. uh, tell us about the oldest YouTuber. Yeah, so um, in my news, in other news, in news that really matters, um, there's uh, there's an article in The Guardian, actually, that uh, has... A story about Japan's uh, oldest video gaming, well, Japan's video gaming grandma, but uh, she's 90 years old and is the oldest gaming YouTube, or the oldest gamer to have a YouTube channel, or oldest YouTube channel gamer. I'm not sure exactly how you'd word that, but nonetheless, yeah, she's all of those things. She's all those things. Um, and she's like a legit gamer. Her, her grandson uh, does the video recording for... Uh, some of her favorite games are Grand Theft Auto and Skyrim. And her reasoning for doing this is like why she games is because she feels like it's inspiring for real life. She's like, you can do anything you want to, especially in those two games. So you can pretty much do anything you want to. And she's like, that's inspiring for real life. And I'm like, man, that's Oh, that's awesome. wholesome. That's awesome that she looks at it that way, you know, and, and, uh, and, and sees... You know, most people go to escape, and she escapes so that you can go back into reality and be like, and be motivated. And that's like, wow, that's another way to kind of look at games. Uh, but she's a legit gamer in that she she plays all kinds of games, including shooters. Uh, I don't know if she's getting five or seven kills in in Warzone, but she probably at least uh, is not stuck in a corner and can't get out. So uh, that's also very important. And uh, listen, I I, I've sometimes are. forgotten to open the parachute and just splat it. That's happened too. So listen, it's not. It swings and roundabouts. It swings and roundabouts. One time, right. I in fact, my best gaming fail is that the storm, the gas was closing in, and I'm like, I'm gonna get on this ATV. I'm gonna like zoom into the middle of the map. Then I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna find a rooftop. Yeah. So I get on this ATV. I see a guy to my left who starts shooting me. I'm like, I'm gonna zip around this corner. I zoom right into a telephone pole. He just shoots me right off the back of it like <laughs> <laughs> fail <laughs> listen you gotta have some fails so she's probably better than me in a lot of instances well she's she's been playing for a long time um so cassette vision was her first uh console and that was never even heard and of I'm that assuming, one well I, i'm i'm assuming this is uh, out in in japan so uh that's that's probably one of the consoles that was exclusive to them um, but she's been playing since then, since 1981, which a lot of us have been, but maybe we weren't her age when we started. Uh, maybe a lot of, you know, there yeah, are... Yeah, how old would she have probably been? Probably not what, like a lot. 60? 50, 60 yeah, years old? Yeah, she would have been... Starting gaming for the first yeah, time? In her mid-50s, yeah, probably starting then. Um, and uh, it goes on to say that she's played some of the biggest, uh, you know, NES games, such as Super Mario Brothers, Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, even Call of Duty. She's the original admits, OG. She is, and she admits to staying up to 2 a.m. when you're stuck in a session. She's like, one more game, That's grandson. Great. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so that's uh, that's what she's been doing, and that is my news and uh, your your positive news for the day. I like it. It's news we can use. It's good feels, good feels. All right, and so that brings us to our main topic, uh, which is an interesting topic one I did not know even existed until y'all brought it to my attention the other day. Uh, and I think that there's a little bit, at least a little bit to unpack here. So, uh, so Amanda, why don't you tell us a little bit about our topic today? So our topic is on epal.gg, which is uh, formerly, I think, egirl.gg, and now they've made it uh, gender nonspecific because they now have men on the platform as well. And it is a platform for connecting gamers with online gaming friends for a price per session. So you pay to play with someone um, for various reasons, which we'll get into. But essentially, you pay to play with someone online and you can sort by game, you can sort by your you know companions gender you know you can look at their profile and how good they are at the game etc etc and then you exchange money and that person joins you for as many matches as you have paid for that's the very 
literal definition. Now, when I was researching this topic, I found out, and I didn't ever really think about this um, in the past, but apparently on sites like Fiverr, pros have been advertising themselves and e-girls and stuff have been advertising themselves uh, for a price on fiverr.com in order to help someone achieve a specific mission or level up their stats in Call of Duty or whatever. They've been offering their services in a sort of power leveling capacity, but like with actual talking to each other. And in companionship capacity. So um, mostly women, from what I can tell in the past, have had sugar baby, sugar daddy relationships on games like World of Warcraft and League of Legends in exchange uh, companionship and conversation in game for mounts and rare items and things like that. I didn't I, I feel like on the periphery, maybe I thought something like that might exist, but I wasn't certain until today doing research for this topic that that has actually existed for a while. The difference is that this is now a bespoke platform guaranteed to that, like for that purpose. Um, and it's not like something that people have sort of co-opted and, and used another platform in, ever, in order to off, offer these sort of companion services and, and things like that. Now, I have used um, gold farmers in the past. Um, I've used, uh, I haven't used any power leveling services because I, I think, me personally, I think you should play the game that you bought to like play. But I have used gold right. farming in order to like buy something that I want that I don't feel like grinding for. Um, which eh, I mean, is that the same? Maybe the older I get, I think I was probably just making a a philosophical point out of something that's fairly similar. Um, but I, I, I've never used power leveling, but I know people do. I have used gold farming in the past. I know that it is sometimes fraught with poor working conditions and things like that and is an ethical issue in and of itself. This platform seems to have less ethical issues on the surface. So people are creating their own their own profile. They are being vetted, quote unquote, through whatever means epal.gg goes through, which seems to be like checking for over-sexualized content and things like that to a degree. Um, and then they exchange an upfront price for an upfront service. So one match for $6 sort of seems to be the average price. That is sort of... That's the that's the that's the in a nutshell. That's the nutshell. Now, do I have some concerns? You bet your sweet baby, <laughs> you I <bet> do. You. <laughs> Just right off the top, I really, I really, the second service that you mentioned, and I, I tried to jot it down. What is it called? The one where the pros Fiverr. 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 Yeah. So, so both Fiverr. pros and just companions have been using Fiverr, which is basically made for like freelancers, like to. You know, make graphic uh, okay. design and stuff. They've been using that platform for these sort of services apparently for years. I wasn't really aware of that. I was aware of Fiverr. I didn't know this was a thing you could do on Fiverr. But now, this uh, this the guy who created this website was like, I approached some of the people on Fiverr, and they were some of the first people to join um, what was at the time eGirl.gg, but now it's ePal.gg because it's got sort of both um, genders on it. Um, yeah, so Fiverr, they've been doing it before. I, I just wasn't really aware that they were doing it before. Um, I knew gold farming existed. I knew power leveling existed. I didn't know that you could... I, I guess I didn't think you could do it in online matches, which seems stupid, because I just thought it was something relegated to MMOs, where people would like use power leveling, but they're saying Call of Duty, like, you name it, Fortnite, people are, like, playing with pros so they can get level bonuses and then also people are playing with men or women for the sole purpose of companionship and and having somebody to play with in exchange for money so so i guess i misunderstood it at first at first i thought the fiber uh platform was was another platform that was used for that but now i so i thought that was actually a good thing and then 
after hearing the description of what it's supposed to be used for, I'm like, well, that was messed up to begin with. That they're kind of hijacking that that platform to to make money for something that it wasn't originally intended for. But but I'm all for people being able to pay pro gamers or high level gamers to be able to get you through something. You know, in the end, it's still a game, and I you know I don't I don't I don't care about that part of it. Like I don't. I can have that badge of honor that I got through there and you can lie to me and whatever it's between you and God. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so that's between you. That may have been God calling. I don't know. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, you know, so I, I'm not, I wasn't necessarily against that per se or to, to get a high level achievement or something. I'm not, that was my knee jerk reaction. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent against that. Um, I've used, facts uh, you know frequently asked or uh what was it uh game facts game shark game facts well game i've never used a game shark i never had one i probably would have i never used one i don't typically use cheat codes in games but i probably would uh if if it's there sometimes i'll use it like unlimited ammo i don't like god mode just for the sake of god mode and never experience the game any other way that's just not me I don't enjoy that. I'd much rather, I do enjoy the challenge. And so, but up to a point, if it's not fun anymore, well then, yeah, I'd like to have fun in the game. That's kind of the point. But, uh, so I can see it to a certain extent. Um, That's my knee-jerk reaction. Now, as we get deeper into this, there's definitely so much more to unpack. And it gets, I think... It, I think we'll find, and maybe you'll be able to tell me one way or the other, that this will get away from gaming quite quickly. Yeah, like it's possible. Not just a gaming <laughs> thing, although that's where it starts. Yeah, so I I think for me, now I'm going to separate what I think is fine for people to do if they choose to and what I choose to do. So for me, I would rather get good. Like, I would rather watch tutorials, learn like look at the setups of pros copy that like change my settings like try to train myself like for example on uh, Warzone is a great example like the default settings have the look and the sensitivity like really really slow but if you're gonna be good you've got to get used to being fast so you've got to get used to that camera when you move barely it whips you around and you've got to train yourself to see the movement react to the movement that's how you get good because with a very like uh, with a really Really low sensitivity you're never going to beat anybody because the pros and the really good players are playing at a very fast speed that is twice as fast as you are so if you don't increase your settings and learn to play like that from the beginning you'll never be good simple like you just won't because right. you're moving like half speed that they are so they're going to find you and target you faster so you know i've watched tutorials i've watched people like the pros on youtube and and twitch and stuff talking about their loadouts talking about tactics talking about how to create pinch points and things like that for me i would rather for free learn how to do that stuff by watching people and by practicing that's generally how i do in most games now gold farming when i did it in the past and when i you know purchased gold on world of warcraft and other things it usually wasn't just for me it was usually in order to outfit my squad so you know like so that we're all at the same level so i'll give them x amount of gold or whatever so that they can go and get the right equipment so that we can compete at the right level and stuff without having to take like loads of time is that a bit of a cheat code sure yeah and in 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 diablo i've like someone duped some weapons and i used them and i had a great time so you know i think where where I draw the line personally for me as a gamer is I don't I don't want to be carried I want to learn so the things right, that are right. important to me are like tactics and like leveling up on my own steam through my own tactics like that sort of stuff that's important to me whether I bought the gear or whatever I don't really care like who cares you know if you could have the best gear in the world and if you don't understand how cataclysm raid works then you're still gonna suck so it doesn't matter but I 
sort of feel a bit uneasy about the idea that you would buy someone who would come in and like power level you on Call of Duty because I don't think that's actually going to help you in any way. You're just going to be oh, it, it's not. like level 155 sure. acting like a noob, like sucking on teams. Like you're not going to be Well, good. you'll definitely help those noobs that get in there and, and wax you and <laughs> knowing that, uh, you know, because you, you brought the, what is the, the tide, the rising tide lifts all ships. And you, know, you, you as the, the, the dummy 150, is going to bring up all these noobs, you know, because you suck and you never really got the game skill. I think to your point, and this is something philosophical and people may not necessarily agree with this, but I think it's there's something to be said for self-worth in general when you are the one that earned it, when you are the one that went through and put the effort in. Uh, so there's part of it is self-worth and like you earn this and I and I and, and a point of pride in a way. Um, you don't it's kind of like, uh, you know, getting your your character leveled up uh in warcraft where you can get an automatic you know level 100 or 110 character you can do those things but you can only do those things if you already have one right so you can't necessarily just get uh just have enjoy the content of the upper level game if you didn't already have a character of yeah that level, so. and i've i've heard that argument in the past i think i think the older that i get like the less when i was young i was really hardline about it and when people in the guild would buy power leveling services for their alt and pop out another like level 50 which was the max of the game at the time i would get like really personally offended by it because i was just like come on like you know whatever but i think now that i'm older i'm kind of like well I think after you learn the basic skills and you have gotten good, then does it really matter? Maybe not so much. Like maybe I I could have been like more relaxed. So I think the the power leveling the rank up stuff, if you're already good or if you're using it to learn, then it's probably fine. But what is the point of someone leveling you up when you you don't have 150 character or whatever what's the point of someone leveling you up you don't learn anything they're just like carrying you and then you get to the max level and you stink and no one wants to play with you because you're garbage player like what is that fun for I, I can't imagine that would be fun so I'm hoping that's like not why people do it like i'm hoping it's more the like alt thing or you know they're chasing some piece of equipment they can only get in battle pass and it's going to end in like a day so they like need help to get it you know maybe i don't know i think what creeps me out is the companion side of things i gotta i gotta say the companion side of thing really creeps me out i <laughs> i don't know it's creepy no <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know i can sort of deal with the tactical leveling get good training sort of objective the companion that sort of weirds me out a bit like do you well, want to pay what... for friends pay for companions i I, I don't know I'll, I'll i'll tell you what i think and then you know maybe you have a different opinion um right so, and, and this goes beyond gaming, obviously. Essentially, when you're paying for a companion, you're basically buying an escort, regardless of what your purpose is, is for doing. If you pay for someone to hang right, out with you... Right, because that does not imply anything other than yeah, companionship. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if you're, if you're buying an escort, whether it's for gaming or for dinner, like, to me, it speaks at some sort of, like, sort of sad, deep-seated loneliness. Like, people shouldn't have to pay... For that like you should be able to make friends and acquaintances and stuff for free in life you know and if you feel like you can't do that then you should probably do some work on yourself to make you know what I mean like to to talk to a therapist or like whatever if, if you find it impossible for you to make friends and companions to play games with or to spend time with in your real life i th i think you probably like need to do some work on yourself like you know i don't it's i'm not saying i find it easy i don't i don't think anyone finds it terribly easy especially the older you get it's harder to make new friends i get that yeah but i don't think i would ever feel the desire to pay money to have someone simulate a friendship with me or uh right. you know yeah. 
order the girlfriend experience or like what do you know what i mean like i don't i don't think that's necessarily that healthy really if you think no i no i I agree with it i think that like anything else it can be done in moderation if that's something like hey for the minute or whatever hey this i don't know if it works that way though for most people or the people that are seeking that out i don't know that it does let me tell you why i say this so i spend a fair amount of time like watching youtube videos about um like reddit sub forums like r slash nice girls and r slash nice guys and things like that and something that seems to come up a lot is people who follow these like twitch streamers like alinity or whatever i mean there's so many there's so many they follow these female it's usually female twitch streamers but i'm sure the same thing happens to pewdiepie and everything um but in my experience what i've seen it's female twitch streamers and then you'll see in the comments where like the twitch streamer will have like just gotten a new controller for example and then some person in the comments will be like tell me how much it is so i can donate that much to feel like i bought it for you you know like that sort of thing i don't think is healthy and i don't think anyone should encourage anybody else to develop that sort of unhealthy dynamic with someone they don't know and i think to that point what 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 has to be said and maybe you don't think you have to say but you have to say it that is not a real friendship right so you've there's it's an illusion you've paid for that when you when your time is done it's over with and then that's gone so the problem is is where people will spend that money and then assume that there's it's not just an escape right it's real and there's i've invested this time in this person and i might spend an unhealthy amount in there and have this illusion in my own mind that that's real and maybe in a fraction of the percentages it is you know, it maybe maybe that person does. I, I'm, I definitely don't want to give anyone false hope that that's a possibility. I was looking through some of the stories, and it looks like at least it's been reported that it's happened that an e-pal and a friend has have have uh, fallen for each other or something. But that's definitely not the norm. That's not the way it's worked. Professions similar to that have been around since the beginning of capitalism and being able to make money. So it's the oldest profession for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it basically is the prostitution of gaming. Like, you know, and, yeah. and even though it's not necessarily sexual, I don't think it's healthy for people to pay for relationships when they can't, like, form them themselves. Like, it would be so much better, in my opinion, and this is, of course, my opinion, and I'm not a medical professional and I'm just a person, but I, I would want those people to take that money that they're giving to, like, streamers and stuff and go see a therapist and find a way to create real relationships real friendships real get like have the confidence when they're playing an online match to put their headphone on and make an uh, make a random online friend you don't have to pay for like why not it's so easy to do that if you want to do that like and if you don't feel like it's easy then i think they need therapy and I don't think it's a bad thing to say sometimes, you know, you need therapy, but I really, my heart bleeds for these sort of people who think that they are forming a real relationship with someone when the other person believes it's transactional. That's really unfortunate. And that's important to that, that distinction and understand that that's what, that's what we're talking about is just the individual who doesn't, who cannot see the, the transaction involved that doesn't doesn't see the illusion and understand that it's strictly business and that's that's all you did and unfortunately because we're human that's that is difficult and vice versa really i see the streamers like pressuring some of these men to donate more and than I, they that's want to even more, that's even more nefarious i think that's probably the bigger problem and that leads those lead to each other like they feed into a feedback loop you have someone who understands that they more or less have the power and they're going to go ahead and, and use that power to get you to spend more money, knowing good and well that they can cut that tie anytime they want to because they've got what they wanted and you did not. You know, you as the one who paid, um, you got companionship, but it went away and, and it won't come back until you spend more money. 
you know yeah and that's that's such a shame like i I wish that we could and maybe this is another topic that might be helpful for people for like how to create real friendships with people you never met i mean you and i have never met and we have a mutual respect and caring for each other we do this podcast we have for years well i've never met you but it's totally possible to create real things with people that you've never met and you don't need to pay them like you don't (laughs) you just don't (laughs) absolutely Right, and, and, and that's how I think any of the online services, dating services work, because you're actually paying a third party, not the person you're dating. That's completely different. You know, I mean, they have no vested interest in you other than what you bring to the table. It has nothing to do with money, right? It has nothing to do with what you paid, uh, paid them directly, right? The difference is, is both of you are on equal ground. See, you're not, that, you're not on equal ground when you're dealing with an e-pal. Now, again... I think it's easy to get lost in the weeds because when I looked on the site, all it is for the most part is women for the most part that, uh, well, they're, they're the, the, the main attraction, I think, or the main draw for it. Um, but men are as well. And it's not just for, it's not just for gaming companionship or having somebody to play with, you know, in the game. I, you know, again, I'm, like I said, I'm not a psychologist, or psychiatrist. Uh, I have a PhD in a completely unrelated discipline, but I can't. I cannot see the the true merit. And in, in, in if if your ultimate goal is uh, you know friendship, if your goal as a robot, you know, if you were to look at it completely cold and objectively, is just to have someone to come play this particular game with me. Like I said, it. I think that's. That's fine. That's probably the best I can say. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I don't think that's the majority of people that that are that are looking into this service. Uh, and I think that's that's the that's the part that I think is dangerous. Maybe maybe too strong of a word. Maybe it's not. Uh, this was this this whole idea of a concept or this this whole concept in general as a as a gaming or as a platform for uh, you know for gamers. It was foreign to me. Like, I had no idea this even existed. I had no idea that you were able to, to, to do that. And so, oh, but it neither. makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. Like, I, I, I don't blame anybody for doing it. I don't think it's, uh, you know, I don't think it's, uh, I think it's actually a good idea in terms of, like, from a financial perspective. Um, but in other, you know, I, I just, uh, you know what, though? It, as a silver lining, it might be better and safer and more healthy than trying to play with somebody in in a random chat or in a random, uh, you know, pub group and, and, and getting someone who's just really mean. At least this person you paid to be nice to you, so. I mean, you know, but is that real? Like, come on, come on. <laughs> well, I, don't, you know. I, I just, my heart bleeds because I know the type of people who would be attracted to this, and I know how detrimental it can be, you know, like you know if if you're not well socially well adjusted if you start believing that this is more than a transactional relationship and that turns out to be false like that's super painful it's going to cause people a lot of pain financial pain like you know emotional pain like if if the streamers are pretending to be something that they're not and you don't realize that it's just a show and you start to believe this person really cares about you and yet you're still paying them every single time to see them that isn't healthy like it's not healthy they they can't like they can't really care about you and continue to insist that you pay every single time that you like want to see them like that's not like a real right. thing and i've seen you know how some some not all some in sometimes you know someone will be saying like oh you know i just need to pay my rent and then i'll be able to donate to you that should be shut down right away like any person with any sort of moral ethics should be like don't donate anything else the next game is on me like this is crazy that you're struggling to pay your rent like no way you know like yikes and and i know that the downside is i think i said this in the slack I would make a murderous killing at that, yeah? I'd make a murderous killing. Like, I'm I'm decent at games, I'm good fun, like, people want to hang out with me, like, I've got good banter, I'd make a killing. I'd, you know, I could probably do that as a full-time job. But yeah. <laughs> I think I would feel 
sick. I would feel sick in my soul if someone took it and they thought that we were like dating or something. Yeah, and, there's more to yeah, it. Yeah, and that would be that would be super painful. And that isn't to say that I haven't had actual dating relationships with people that I met online both before the invention of dating apps and whatever. I've dated people that I knew in guild I've dated you know that's happened many times in my life but that was real and no one was paying anybody anything so like it's not (laughs) you know like that developed naturally over the course of whatever and you know it wasn't a transaction to start out with or end with so I don't know I just feel like I would love to for the next episode like really talk about ways that people could meet this need for companionship they seem to have by some easy ways to form real relationships with people online because it i think the world's going to be more like that as more people stay in lockdown for longer and the rules while they're eased are still going to be very restrictive you know i think it's going to be important for people to find real meaning in conversations they have online at least in the interim and if not forever like if this is how the world is going to be then you know people need to they need help if they're not able to do that. You know, that's what I think at least. No, I agree. I agree. And I think that'll be a good topic. That'll be a good part two to this to uh, kind of go, you know, take this to the next step where, you know, okay, this is unhealthy, but here's a healthy way to kind of do that. You know, healthy way to, to find that same companionship without having to not be able to pay your rent and, and it be actually you know, genuine and real, you know. I don't think that it's, that ePal is bad because this will always be, there will always be a market for paying someone to hang out with you in whatever it is. Like that's been a market since the beginning of time, I think, but since money was a thing. Um, But I think that especially with the way this world is changing, that people need to be a bit more careful with their money and their feelings, you know, and if, if right. you do something like this, I think it's sort of a slippery slope. But by all means, hire a pro to teach you to game. But, like, teach you like a teacher. Right. <laughs> Help you develop the skills, yeah. 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 And like I said, uh, or uh, I, as, a, as a positive, you know, exclamation point, or at the very least maybe a, a period, uh, the Grandma Gamer has at least 300,000 subscribers at the time of this recording. Yeah, so. follow her. Follow her. I mean, she she you can learn from her. I'm sure there's she's been playing for a long time. So a hundred percent longer than I've been alive. <laughs> well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. And I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site templegeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templegeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. And subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.